Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, welcome back everybody to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We're bringing you daily sales advice to help you sell better. Um, Max and I here have the coasts covered. We're a whopping like, what, 3,000 miles apart. Uh, let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat while we get started here. We'd love to see where you're calling from. I'm Leslie Douglas. Today, we are here to talk about how to revolutionize your finances as a commissioned salesperson with the one and only financial planner to the sales quota stars, uh, Max Pashman. Max, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. I know you have a, a mandatory spiel you got to give us real quick. Why don't we take yes. a second? Unfortunately, <laughs> those compliance matters, but it'll be short and quick. So just for pure discretion for everyone, all the information here is purely educational. Uh, nothing here is intended to be financial advice, investment advice, or solicitation to buy, sell securities. And the information is not free from error, so be mindful of the risks that you take. So please, in the end, consult with a financial or tax professional for any of your specific financial needs. And there we go. Wonderful. Yeah. It, everyone has that committed to memory now, right? Is that committed to your memory, Max? <laughs> no, I had that written down there. I have like 20 different disclaimers depending on the content to go through. So that one was the easiest one. I love it. Okay. If you are a frequent show attendee, welcome back. But if you're new, we're here hosting a free show every day on all things sales. So you can check us out at sellbetter.xyz or scan the code that's on your screen. Real quick before we jump in, we can't do a show without our partners. Gong is sponsoring today. I personally use Gong to listen back to my calls, critique my technique, like go through my notes before a discovery call or a demo. But also like their data is insane. It's next level. They have a new page out about how to sell to CFOs. Uh, fits in with our topic here, right? No matter your point of contact, like finance or procurement will always come up. <laughs> um, and also yours truly added some tips in with Gong there. So go ahead and check it out. There's a link in the chat. We are talking about finance today in terms of like being a seller and our money and where we're putting our money. As we are jumping in, if you don't mind just answering our poll as to who's in the room, let Max and I know what to expect. Um, ro what role are you in? Max, I am so thrilled that you're on the show today. It is Fun Friday Financial Facts with Max. <laughs> Watch out, James. I'm rhyming now. Um, talk to me a little bit. You work specifically with salespeople, yes? Yeah, that's correct. So I'm a fee-only financial planner, and I have an independent financial planning firm here in LA, but I work nationally with people, specifically with sales and tech employees or anyone that has equity positions. And uh, my goal is to make sure that I can take complicated subjects and simplify it in a way that even a fifth grader can understand. And I do it very much so with the content I put out online, a lot of visuals, as we'll see today, making sure that you can comprehend everything and just, you know, maximizing your commission check by understanding the complicated world that you live in. So I'm really happy to be sharing this with you all. Yeah, that's uh, when you say for a fifth grader, it's like a fifth grader or Leslie. <laughs> I, 
I think like that's one of my favorite things about following along with your content is that everything there's like a clarity and it makes more sense. So we are going to dive right into the main topics that you're sharing with us today and so kindly sharing your knowledge. What stands out to you? You work a lot with salespeople. What stands out to you about an employee that's not just salaried, that has that commission component involved with their income? Yeah. I mean, the obvious part of it is that you have variable income that isn't as consistent as your average Joe W-2 employee that gets just a base salary. Mm -hmm. So when we deal with a lot of sales professionals, we have to take that into account that there's going to be a lot of fluctuations along the way. There's going to be you know, areas in different months where the net paycheck's going to look sometimes really high, but sometimes really low. And when you are dealing with expenses, which are generally fixed, you have to find a balance between the two. So I think that what's really important with the approach in everyone that's in sales and some exercise that I like to give to a lot of people is instead of sometimes looking at it month by month, I would imagine looking at your expected salary for the entire year all of your commissions that you might be expecting. If you were to take everything and you were to get it all on January 1st, but you weren't going to receive any income for the remainder of the year, and you knew that you weren't going to get any other income, how would you be allocating that yourself? And when you kind of put yourself in survivor mode, you're a little more attentive to it, depending on what your expenses look like. Sometimes, you might get a little off balance. You might say, ah, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go on vacation first. I have a ton of money for the rest of the year. But if you do a lot of those expenses up front, you're going to find yourself with a little less towards the end of the year. So the important thing is that you have to strategize it throughout the entire year. And I think that this works very similarly when I look at someone's finances and we see what kind of income are you making on a monthly basis? What's fixed here? and what fluctuates month over month. And we have a visual on that, but you know, some of the more obvious ones are if you make a salary, that's pretty expected as far as what you can anticipate on a monthly basis. Um, if you get paid out or, or sorry, monthly on your commissions, that's also to be expected too. But on the other hand, if you have what we would like to call irregular wages, like commissions, bonuses, and equities, they're going to be allocated a little bit differently. And sometimes the way that I look to look at it in this visual here is putting a purpose with the way that you are getting paid. What are the types of expenses that need to be paid on a monthly basis? Rent, for example, that's like the number one at the top that's going to be fixed no matter what, except maybe it, it gets adjusted by your landlord on an annual basis. Any contributions that you're making, any other fixed expenses, you want to typically align these with your salary. And you want to do so because it makes it easier to track it over time. And when you look at the irregular side, these are kind of one-time expenses that we usually see here, whether it's refilling an e-fund or a vacation fund. If you have retirement accounts, for example, you would utilize those to maximize any of those accounts. But I think that what a lot of people fail to do initially before meeting with me is they just say, 
here's my income. Here's my expenses. Uh, what do I do on a monthly basis? And it's like, we got to break this down and actually see how you're streamlined to income. So I think that's the top of the priority for every sales professional that I come across. Okay. I had like a, a hit me in the face moment here and tell me in the chat, anyone ever think of what happens if you got like your full OTE on January 1? I don't know about like the self-control there, right? Like if I had like everything hit my bank account, yeah, figuring out that I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about that one. Really interesting though, right? Just like a really interesting way to put perspective around there are highs and lows in sales. And sometimes my commission check is going to be larger. Sometimes the commission check is scraping by a little bit. Like how am I allocating expenses properly under that like minimum umbrella versus spending it all January 3rd because it may happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we typically see. You know, it's yeah. not just on an annual basis. That's exactly the type of behavior we see when, well, we finally get this large commission check. And from there, it's like you may be tempted to spend a little bit at first, but you might have some needs that you need to pay up on, whether it is you know, if you have to re, uh, re up your emergency fund that you may have depleted during down periods. Right. And I think that's also a big thing too, is just making sure that you're going to have those down periods where paycheck is not going to be there, going to bleed cash flow. Having those buckets is what's going to save you in between. And, you know, I don't want to be the person that says, you know, if you're in a down period right now, I have the golden ticket to flip you the other way around. This is something that kind of comes in preparation ahead of time before those down periods. So it's a work in progress for a lot of people. But I think that preparation does yield pretty good payoff for those that come prepared. Okay. You mentioned buckets. I love the buckets, the the model. You and I have talked about the buckets before. Um, I'm a very visual person and I don't know why I would expect that to be different with money, but I think this was a really big game changer for me with my personal finances, spending, like how I'm, you know, Hallie, in the comments, you were talking about sometimes there's no commission check, right? Like how do I make sure that I'm allocating to the right buckets? Can you walk us through your approach here? I know you have a great visual. Do you mind talking to us a little bit more about the buckets approach? Yeah. So the reason why I set this up in the first place is what I commonly see is I'll come to look at everyone's bank accounts and they have their cash that they parked on the side that they're using for their expenses. Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe they're not necessarily investing yet. They may have like down periods, so they need to tap into it. And what I typically find is all of the cash is under one checking account or under one savings account. And the account itself is not the problem. The problem is everything is in one single account. There's a term for this called mental accounting bias, which means that you commingle everything in your head. And this uh, phrase actually applies to budgeting as well, thinking, well, my expenses are only 10000 so I should make 10000 Well, it's like, let's break that down for a second. How much of that 10000 is your essential expenses, your discretionary towards your savings and whatnot. So these buckets right there, Sorry. what that, oh yeah, it's all good. What those do is it gives you clarity. 
on it. And sometimes when I help people establish these accounts on the side between emergency fund, vacation fund, auto fund, even a pet fund at times that I've set up or whatever, however creative way you want to do it. Some people think it's a little redundant thinking, well, it's, it's the same thing, but scatter. But I think it provides mental clarity mm -hmm. because if you visualize everything in your head, you're just kind of tempted to take funds out of one specific account and then not really receive the consequences right. from seeing so. But if you see, oh, I depleted some of my emergency fund, I depleted some of my vacation fund, kind of keeps you on edge a little bit. So a little tedious on the back end, but I will just say it's it's yielded some pretty good results and it's made you know managing money a little more efficiently for a lot of my clients that I work with. Um, I have a, I, like, I like to go all out for holidays. So like I have a holiday bucket for myself yeah. where I'm saving for, you know, buying for the family and kids and whatever it is. Um, do you recommend, I, oh, can I say that word? I, I, I listened to your, <laughs> not advice, but like, do you typically see people are doing this in like a high yield savings account in like an actual checking account? What's the kind of strategy there? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of this recording as of July 2023, it's a pretty good time to be in a high yield savings account or CDs or anything that's in general savings just because of where, how high interest rates are. And quite frankly, they may still go up from here and, you know, towards the end of the year. So generally speaking, now is like a great time. If you are going to park a lot of cash on this side, you, you typically want to utilize these accounts as it's keeping up inflation. Inflation is actually getting better right now, but still with where things are, you know, if you're going to park cash, typically a high yield savings account. That's not to say you should liquidate your investments and put it in there. This is just those short-term buckets that we have up there that you anticipate you're going to need in the near term. It's a pretty good play to make in your situation. Right. And I think about it like versus having everything in your checking account, you're splitting it into making like your interest work for you a little bit more versus an investment or whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, if you have a designated purpose for it, like emergency uh, vacation, things that you don't need access to right now, you, it's totally fine to go with a high yield savings account. But if you're going to pay bills, within that account, you don't typically want that to be in a high yield savings account just because of convenience. Yeah. You go to like your local bank, you're already banking over there. It's totally fine to utilize that one checking account where you deposit your paycheck and you use that for your spending, your transfer of your cards. But the other buckets that you have that you might not use in a year or you anticipate using in the short term, high yield savings is a pretty good play to make. Love it. I know I took us off on a little tangent right. there. I want to switch gears and talk about goal setting. That was one of the things that came in from quite a few people before our call here, like talking about financial goals. We hear a lot of advice about certain percentages going to certain areas of your life or, um, you know, these are the hard and fast rules about what you need to put away for an emergency fund or, or whatever that looks like. Talk to me about, you know, what's one of the first places that you have your clients focus on when you start talking about these financial goals and and how they want to save? Yeah. So the number one question I like to throw at people 
is the question of not necessarily what do you want to invest into? Where do you want to put your money? Mm -hmm. The end goal question is when do you need your money? And the reason for that is because it allows us to park your money in places that are going to be most efficient for you. So typically what we like to do in the near term for some of like those buckets that we had, emergency fund, for example, you're not expecting to, you hope not to use it for 10 years, but you need it ready by tomorrow mm -hmm. if, you, if an emergency comes in. So ideally you need cash, right? The same thing for a vacation. If you have a vacation lined up in three months from now, you want to make sure that you can easily tap into those. But if you're talking about two to 10 years or even 10 years and beyond, what you want to do is you want to put your money into places that is going to be in tax efficient accounts, types of funds that are going to grow over time. The reason is because of, you know, one of the big words that we've been hearing over the couple of years is inflation. The market mm -hmm. has been a pretty good hedge against inflation historically. So we want to allocate those funds towards areas where it's going to be growing at a specified period of time, but it's also going to be giving you advantages, whether it's growth, tax advantages. So that's usually the number one question that I throw up your about. When do you need it? If you need it very soon, you kind of want it safe, have a little bit of liquidity, meaning like easily able to access cash. But if you don't need it for a long time, we need it to grow, whether it's with market, business, real estate, whatever their area is that you want to grow into, we want to allocate it towards that. And so when we talk about goal setting, we have to set where the goalposts are along mm -hmm. the way. How close is this one goal that you have? How close are you to actually hitting that goal? Is it a higher priority to, let's say, retirement, which may be 10, 20 years away? No one likes to use the word retirement anymore. But I use the word financially independent these days because people still want to work at some capacity, but go a little off tangent with it. But I think the point is that when you're goal setting, I think just understanding where to pinpoint those goal posts are allows you to see when I get my paycheck and I have extra dollars I can put on the side after expenses, how should I be allocating it? Near term, semi near term or long term? Hmm. I like that a lot. I am curious, just uh, based off of that talk track there, what are some of the like top goals that you're seeing salespeople set for themselves? Like if I, on a, what are the ones you're hearing consistently on a regular basis? Is yeah. there anything I should add to my list? <laughs> Potentially, let's see. Um, I think the number one that I would say just about 95% of sales reps come to me for is understanding their personal cash flow, getting some clarity over it. That's usually the number one concern that they have. And understandably, because of the concerns that we talked about, if a commission check doesn't come every single month, the you know volatility of how the market is, your industry. So that's usually the number one is, okay, we see where your gross income is, what's being deducted from your company, as far as benefits, taxes are concerned, we take that net paycheck. How should that be scattered amongst your central expenses, your discretionary expenses? After that, how do we allocate that towards all of your savings goals, whether it's in the near term, debt repayment, investing? 
that's usually the number one goal that they have. It's just what should, how should I streamline my entire paycheck from beginning to end? The second one is I think that there's a little bit of peace of mind having a lot of those buckets in place. Mm-hmm. So it's really how much should I realistically have on the side for emergency fund? How much should I allocate towards the vacation? Um, if I have an expense that I need to make, like if I have a home and I need to renovate something, how much should I keep on the side, for instance? Mm-hmm. That's usually the second one there. Okay. The third one is understanding if you work at a startup is understanding their equity. That's also a big one too, because you know we've, we've talked about this before offline. Equity itself is one of the most complicated personal finance subjects that is being distributed to people that you know haven't really been taught a lot about personal finance. So there's always questions. What type of equity is there? Uh, how am I being taxed on this? What's the best way to utilize it for myself? That's usually another one. Um, and then I think it's just clarity over how should I invest? Mm-hmm. Usually, because I think that looking at every all of those goals from beginning to end, most sales professionals that come in are astounding revenue generators. They just struggle on the back end as far as how should I visualize everything and how should I be streamlining everything from what I earn to how I grow it from there. Okay, so maybe this is just me too, but I think a lot of those were impacted for me by the increase of people talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. I know maybe that sounds silly, but like people talking about investing in equity on social media made me start questioning my decisions and what I was doing. I'm curious in the room, I just launched a poll here. What is like one of those? Uh, either out of those or if there's something else you can put it in the chat like what's the most important for you right now when you're thinking about your finances your income your commission check that's coming in if it's something else throw it in the chat um i want to you, you know again when we were talking offline you said something around aligning your savings categories with your circumstances. And I think like you're talking about that with the time horizon, right? Like I'm saving based on what do I want to do with my money? Because that could be different than the person sitting next to me or, you know, my friend who's giving me advice down the road or whatever it is. So um, share with us a little bit of advice around that idea of aligning those savings categories with the circumstances that you're in right now. I thought this was so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day is that everyone's situation is a little bit different from one another. There is no one shoe size solution for everyone. So I think what's incredibly important is to really just have that discussion over what is the top value for you in terms of what you would like to accomplish personally, professionally, and financially. And then reprioritizing that based off of what you want to do. And uh, interesting because I just saw, you know, some of the notes on the chat here, which was also another goal worth mentioning too, which is building another avenue of income. I think one of the things that I am particularly noticing, especially on LinkedIn, is, uh, you know, I think everyone's trying to find a side hustle or they're trying to find a new source of income. Uh, whether it's launching courses or they create uh, coaching sessions, whatever it is. I think there's also another 
component, which is streamlining how you incorporate that component with what you're doing in sales. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's important is how you separate the two from each other, from your personal side with the business. How are you setting up the necessary business accounts that you need? Do you need to set up a tax entity on this side? Is your business large enough where you need to actually set that up? It's not entirely required to have like an escort, but it's worth considering if you are making significant revenue on the side that you eventually want to shift to. So I think that's also a huge one. And I do have a visual of that as well, just like what that looks like on the business side and how you streamline that with the personal. Um, I think that's a big one. And understandably so, like we said, if you're making irregular revenue on a monthly basis, you want to continue adding on to those funnels. So I think that it's been a very good time for people to create avenues in this day and age of the digital presence. I've certainly taken advantage of that myself. So I think that it's uh, been a big one to just understand, okay, if I have this on the side for myself, what's the best way to streamline my side expenses here? How do I incorporate that with my own goals? And I think that based on the values that you have, it's going to dictate how you re-diversify your income. Definitely. Okay, so lots of side hustle comments in the Q&A, in the chat. Um, just as we're getting to the end here as a rule of thumb, what can you expect that you need to like set aside for taxes if you start a side hustle where you're generating income? What's like a, what's a round idea for that? Yeah, so I tell everyone that Anything that you make on the side, I my rule of thumb is 30% of that. And it might seem like a lot at first, but the worst case scenario is that you kept a little too much on the side and you can keep some of that for yourself. But the thing that people seem to misunderstand is the reason why I use a huge number is that when you're working at a W-2 with your employer, the tax structure is you pay your taxes and the employer pays their taxes. When you're working by yourself, you are the employer. So you have what's called self-employment tax. So you are bearing the responsibility on both sides. So it's important that with that added number, almost double potentially what you would be needing to withhold in taxes that you would want to increase that. On the flip side, it's also an opportunity for you to utilize those expenses you're making on the side and lowering that income because everything you do on the business now for your side hustle is going to be a self-employment deduction. So that's why you want to separate the business and income expenses with the personal and yeah, the personal income and those expenses because you want to utilize it as much as you can on that side. So I usually say you make $10,000, you put 3,000 on the side, see what it looks like come tax season unless you're making quarterly tax estimates. Usually it's a little too much. So they end up having a little more for themselves at the end. So that's usually my thumb or rule. I would ra like way rather have a little leftover as like a surprise. <laughs> oh yeah. Than uh, the other way around. Um, okay. So last thing as we're wrapping up here and maybe like side hustle is a whole separate conversation for you and me in a future show. I'm just, I'm seeing the comments here. Um, but talk to me. I feel like when when does someone need 
a financial advisor, a financial planner? Like, when do I call someone? When do I call you and say, hey, I think I need some help? Yeah, look, I, I want to tell everyone here and saying, like, I don't think every single person needs a financial advisor. Everyone's situation is very different. And I come across a lot of people that can clearly do their finances themselves. We call it do-it-yourself investors. And I actually applaud that more than anything else. But there's going to be moments where you may need some help. And some of the classic examples of people that eventually you know, reach out to me, even do-it-yourself investors are, they have a family, they need to take care of dependents. Things get slowly more complicated when you have more mouths to feed and more people to take care of. And it you know, tends to lower the amount of time that you have for yourself and to look over your finances. So as things get more complicated, that's usually a good time. The other is when you're, uh, if, like I think another one with a lot of my clients is if they build their side hustle to such an extent where they may need to shift over or they need to prioritize that, that could be a time to talk to a financial planner because the tax planning component is so underrated and there's a lot of factors that you can include in your side hustle that you could take advantage of. You have specific benefits that are exclusive to you compared to you know the traditional W-2 employee. Another one would be if you have equity. I tell people that if you have a lot of NSOs ISOs or any other types of restricted stock or stock options that you need to review over, there could be some massive tax implications if you do not prioritize that. And I think that a lot of people tend to overlook this area and then they reach out to me later and they're like, I have a massive tax bill. What do I do? When they're in trouble. Yeah. Right. When they're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. I'll call you when I absolutely need you last minute. Well, Max, you are a treasure. Thank you so much for sharing just even this sliver of your wealth of knowledge with us. Um, if people want to connect with you, how can they get in touch? The best way is through my LinkedIn profile. I see that I was just put in there. That is the best Perfect. way to reach out to me. Uh, my DMs are open anytime for any questions that you have. I don't charge per message or anything like that. So happy to help anyone that's in my network or just needs some a little bit of guidance from there. I love that. Thank you. We do these shows daily. The next one Monday is at three o'clock Eastern. It's focused on cold email and it's with a growth marketing expert. So if that's something that you've been looking for help on, join us. You can find us on social at sellbetter.xyz. I'm Les Lady, and I hope that you have a financially fun weekend. Thanks again, Max. Thank you. Bye.